here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Ephesians chapter 5, once again, verse 17 says, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now we are substituting that word, what the will of the Lord is, to God's vision. Understanding God's vision. But the next verse is going to be our subject. And verse number 18. If I'm going to understand what the will of the Lord is, verse, the next verse says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So that's going to be our subject today. Be filled with the Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want that to go ringing out there, man. I want, I want it to go ringing out there. Be filled with the Spirit. You want to shout it out to somebody this morning. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, God showed me this morning about 1.30, 1.25. That's, that's, that's my time this morning. Amen. But anyway, when he gave me, when he gave me this, he said something to me after we pray. Father, we thank you now for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, your goodness, your mercy, your grace. We thank you for your eternal redemption. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you for the Holy Ghost who teaches us, leads us, guides us, helps us to understand. Now we bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. And we ask you to speak to all those people who listen to this broadcast in the precious name of our Lord. We thank you for wisdom for them, knowledge for them, and understanding by the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And before I start, I want to also, because this is going to be our last week in September, uh, we got another week, I'm sorry, but we want to make sure that all those people out there who have birthdays, anniversaries, we don't want to forget you. Okay, so we want to also, before we begin, we want to make sure we give a shout out out there to somebody, happy birthday. If, if it's your birthday, you might want to shout it out yourself. Uh, my name is Earl, my birthday is September the whatever. You know, we just want to keep you informed. Okay, that's how we do here at Door Faith. Door Faith, we make sure we recognize one another's birthdays uh, and also anniversaries. We celebrate, okay? All right. Now, we want to make sure we get, gave you a time for that. All right. Now, we want to thank all those people out there who have been, we want to make sure we let you know we're praying for you. You're going through any kind of element. We want you to know that this ministry is praying for you. Just want you to know that. All right. Thank God for his goodness and for his grace. All right. Now, what i like to do this morning is... Get right into the word. Thank you, Sister uh, Cassandra Renee Hayes, for that wonderful, blessed spiritual song to the Lord this morning because that's what being filled with the Spirit is. If you, if you watch that, watch what it says. It says in, in Ephesians 5, 18, and be not drunk with wine, for it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your heart, watch this, to the Lord. All right? So you got to get, not, this is not going to happen until you feel the Spirit. Now, not only that, 
we, our subject, once again, we, we started a different series today. Remember, we're talking about understanding God's vision, Ephesians 5, 18. But we're going to use for our subject today, be filled with the Spirit. Okay, part one today, be filled with the Spirit. Now, we want to go back, and we're going to show you Acts chapter 22. But before we do that, I'm going to show you how God got me to, to get to where I am today. What he said to me was, you have been talking about understanding what the will of the Lord is. And it's really understanding my vision. That's what he said to me this morning, 1.30 in the morning, praise God. And then he showed me the message that he has been giving me out of my series before. He said, you taught on uh, renew your mind. Under that renew your mind, it taught us how to be holy. Matter of fact, that's how we were saved. And then we just got through showing you last week or two, we flee fornication. And then we showed you how to do that, be holy. All that, that God was giving me, he said, you was teaching the vision. You, you was teaching uh, understanding God's vision. He said, because this is my vision for the people. I, I know you worded it the last time, understanding what the will of the Lord is. He said, but you want to go to the word God's vision because I want them to understand that these are the things that they're supposed to be doing as believers. Now, when the Bible said be filled with the Spirit, a lot of times, you know, when I was growing up spiritually, you know, people would think that you just got the Spirit. But that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about you just got the Spirit. He's talking about being filled with the Spirit. Now, when he deal with the word be filled with the Spirit, now he's dealing with the fruit of the Spirit. I want to make sure you understand, he's not talking about getting the Spirit. Remember you in Ephesians chapter 5. If you want to talk about being saved, you got to go all the way back to chapter 2. All right, L let me just show you that. Ephesians chapter number 2 told us about being saved. So you're not talking about being saved in Ephesians 5. See, you got to understand, if you're going to write a letter, you, you don't go where to the end of the letter after you tell somebody everything, now say be saved. Because if you're not saved, you don't know nothing about what I'm talking about. So first thing Paul does is make sure you say. So that's why in Ephesians chapter number 2, when you read that, you, this is what you're going to hear. Ephesians chapter 2, and you're going to look at verse number 1. It says, and you has he quickened. See, that's resurrected from the dead, made alive, who were dead in trespass and sins. Then in verse number four, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, watch this, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. So he's already, <clears throat> he's already come and died, dead, and raised again from the dead to save us. So we have to understand he's not talking about saved. He's talking about now you need to be filled with the Spirit. So Please listen, because this is very important. People who are not filled with the Spirit is not going to be able to do these other things. Like I just got through talking about last week, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Then the week after that, I talk about rejoice in Christ Jesus. Rejoice again. Well, you see, what's happening is people, you're not rejoicing. Why you're not rejoicing? Because you're not filled with the Spirit. Now, so this teaching is very important if you just pay attention, stay with me, because I'm going to show you being filled with the Spirit is not talking about just getting born again. 
Okay, you already saved, you already got the Spirit. All right, remember Paul is praying for people who already got the Spirit, and now he's telling them, you still need to grow. And I think this is one of the things that I, I like to say to people, our pastor, you know, you still got to grow. You got to still grow. You, you get born again, and then all of a sudden, we don't want the Word. And we wonder, we still want to hang with people who are not saved. You know, we still got unsaved friends. Now, you got, you got to understand, you, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Because if you feel the spirits, there are going to be some people not going to be able to come into your life. Because they're going to grieve the spirit in your life or they're going to quench the spirit in your life. All right. Now, let's, let's really look at this now because we feel the spirit. I'm going to give you some definition. Also, we talked about giving thanks to the Father. See, if you're not filled with the spirit, that's not going to be something you're going to be wanting to do all the time. But being filled with the Spirit, you can't help from thanking the Father. Let me show you, let me show you a reason why. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, we always usually read this uh, when we start talking about uh, giving, cheerful giving, but let's really look at it in its context. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 says, But this I say, Paul says, He who is so is sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now he's looking at the condition of your heart. You are a cheerful giver. Now watch what God says to the person who has become a cheerful giver. Or giving with the right attitude. He says in verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now, this all grace he's talking about is talking about the fruit of the Spirit. See, people don't understand, but cheerful giving, we change everything in our ministry uh, unto a cheerful giver because this is the only place that God says he loved. Now, he know he loved us because he went to the cross for us, died, buried, and raised again for us. But then he said he loved cheerful givers. And then he said God is able to make all grace. Now, just think about what that word says now. All grace are bound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about your condition in the spirit realm, that you are bound to every good work, that you will grow up spiritually. And verse number nine, and it is written, he that he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor. Now watch what he talks about. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now God's righteousness in your life is redemption, is forgiveness. And then in verse number 10, and he that ministers seed to the sower. Now that's very important stuff because he that ministers seed to the sower, the Bible said both minister seed for your food. 
So just think of a person wanting corn or he wants a meal. Let's not say corn, say meal. Because the word meal is corn, but corn is in the first dimension. But once you get to meal, you're in the second dimension. But watch what happens when, when it's cooked. Now you're into the word bread. See, do you see the three dimensions? You went from corn to meal. Once it's ground up, it's meal. But once it's cooked, it's bread. See? So, so that's why you got to understand. But he that ministers seed to the soil, both minister of bread, see, for your food. And then he said he multiplied the, your seed soon. Because if you have one grain of corn, you go back, you don't get one grain of corn. Once that stalk come up, the blade, the stalk, and then the, the full ear, you don't get one grain of corn. He increased. Now he's telling you this, this is how God worked with you spiritually. He increased. He increases the fruit. He increases the fruit of your righteousness. See, just like he increases the stalk of corn, he increases the fruit of your righteousness. Now, when you started out, we started out saved. Once we got saved, we have the kingdom. And the word kingdom there is Christ. Now, once Christ comes in my life, the kingdom of God told us in Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. So those three things is what you get when you get saved. Let me say it again. For the kingdom of God, not meat and drink, Romans 14, 17. But righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, once the Holy Ghost comes inside of us, then righteousness, peace, and joy comes inside of us. But now I got to understand that once righteousness, peace, and joy comes inside of me, that have to abound. So that means we ought to have fruit of righteousness. That means we ought to have increase in peace. We should have abundant peace. We should have abundant joy. See, God don't want you to remain, I just got born again and I'm done. No, you just began. See, let me, let me, let me show you what I mean. Let me show you what I mean. Philippians, let me give you a verse for that. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 1. Watch what this says. Philippians chapter 1. Now we're going to bag up to verse 3 because this is one of our verses. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, I thank my God on every remembrance of you, Paul says, always in every prayer of mine for you, making requests with joy. Watch, what he, watch how he talks. I'm making requests, but I'm making them with joy. Then it says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident, here's the verse, of this very thing that he which has begun a good work, he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He that has begun a good work in you 
we're performing until the day of Jesus Christ. Look, look at Philippians chapter 2, and let's look at verse number uh, 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 and 13. Watch these two verses. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my, ab in my present only, but also now in my absence, watch this, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. See, it's not just enough I got saved, I'm going to heaven, but God created you a new creation because he has some things that he want to do in you. Look at verse number 13. For it is God who is working in you. Well, what is God going to work in me doing? Bringing forth fruit. Bringing forth fruit. Be filled with the Spirit. See, once you put a tree in the yard, it's a fruit tree. But it don't have no fruit. Isn't that strange? It's a fruit tree, but you don't ever see any fruit. Something wrong with the tree. Watch this. Because if it's a fruit tree, you ought to see some fruit. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And we know what his good pleasure is, is that you be fruitful. Bring forth fruit. Be filled with the Spirit. That's what we're talking about, God's good pleasure. That's his will. That's his vision that you'll be fruitful, all right? So, so that's what we was dealing with. Now, back in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we left one verse we didn't deal with, and verse number, eight, verse number 10 and 11. We're going to go back to those two verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 says, Now he that ministers seed to the shore, both minister food and multiply your seed song. And watch what he does. He increases, he increased the fruits of righteousness. He increases the fruits of righteousness. Now, being enriched, watch what he says, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, he causes, watch what he does, he causes through us thanksgiving to God. So because of the fruit of the Spirit that's growing in your life, it causes you to give thanks to the Lord. Because of the fruit of the Spirit in your life causes you to give God praise. Because of the fruit of the Spirit in your life causes you to rejoice. See, all this is, the fruit of the Spirit in your life is what causes things to happen in your life. That's God working in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So if you never get to a place to bring forth fruit, then that's why you don't see the other things happening in your life. Watch what Paul said. Let me show you one in Colossians. Watch what Paul said in Colossians chapter 1. Now, this is the Apostle Paul's life, but watch what he's going to say. He says, Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 23. Going to start there. Colossians 1, 23. He said, if you continue in the faith. See, it's not enough just to got faith. I'm in the faith, but you got to continue. He said, you got to continue in the faith, ground it. Settle, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is on the heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who also now rejoice in my suffering. Rejoice in my suffering for you. Then he said, fill up that 
which is behind of the affliction of Christ, in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister, Paul says, according to the dispensation of God, which is the dispensation of grace, which is given me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, he calls it the mystery. Now, the reason why he called the mystery, when you, when you do uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 11, Paul or uh, Jesus taught on the parable of the sower. And when he taught on the parable of the sower, he gave the word mystery. It's called the mystery of the kingdom. And then I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take it and show you that. I'm gonna, we'll go there in just a moment. Mark chapter 4, we'll go there. Now, watch what he says. He says in verse number 25, we had Colossians 1, 25. Verse 26 says, even the mystery which has been hid. Remember the word mystery now. One word, no S. Even the mystery, because we're going to show you what the mystery is. Even the mystery, which has been hid, has been, so that means it's not now, has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Talking about the mystery. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Remember? No S. This mystery. The glory, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Then he's going to tell you what the mystery is, which is Christ. That's the mystery. The mystery is Christ, and where's Christ? In you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. All right? The hope of glory is the glory is the fruit. But you can't have fruit in your, in your life unless you have Christ. See, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Well, what are you hoping for? Well, I'm hoping for righteousness in my life. I'm hoping for joy. I'm hoping for peace. Well, you got to have Christ in you first. And out of Christ come forth, because Christ is the seed, the word of God. And out of, the, out of Christ will come forth the joy, will come forth the peace, and all the other fruit of the spirit that you need in your life. So it's no way a person going to be patient without the Holy Spirit. you got to have Christ in your life, and out of Christ will come forth your patience. Everybody understand that? Okay. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, we'll show you in Galatians in just a few minutes also. All right, but you got to have Christ in you, and these other fruit of the Spirit will come forth. That's what I'm showing you. Now, watch what Paul said in Colossians chapter 1. He called Christ in you the hope of glory. Glory is all the thing that you want to have in your life, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Whom we preach one in every man and teach in every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Where are, where unto I also labor, Paul says, striving according to his working, there it is, his working, which worketh in me mightily. Well, if Christ is working in him mightily, what is he doing? He's bringing forth fruit in me. See, that's why you go through some things in life. That's why you go through what we call seasons, we like to say that. But we go through different things in our life, but God is working in us. What is he doing? Bringing forth fruit in our life. 
See, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get some things like patience in your life. You're going to have to go through some things. Patience, the Bible said tribulation worketh patience. See, everything in your life, things that God allows in your life is for your good. That's what it means. And we know all things, Romans 8, 28, work together for our good. That's what it happened. Tribulation works for your good to bring full patience in your life. All right, now let's, let's really get here because that's, that's why Paul said, which working in me mightily. All right, and that's what we are. We want God to work in us mightily, but we don't want God to work in us because once he's working in us mightily, we want the fruit, let me put it this way. It's just like we want the son or we want the daughter, we want the twin, but we don't want to go through the nine months. See, that's what people are. All right, now let's move on. I know that was a little tough there, but let's move on. Now, let's go back to Galatia. Let's show you the fruit. In Galatia, because we don't want to miss out on this, the Galatia chapter 5. We're going to go to Galatia 5, and we're going to look at verse 16. Galatia chapter 5, verse 16. Paul said, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. Well, how are you going to walk in the Spirit if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit? See, just having the spirit don't mean you're going to walk in the spirit. He's talking about the fruit. Walk in the spirit, he's talking about the fruit. He's talking about walk in love. Well, love is the fruit of the spirit. Walk in joy. Walk in peace. The word walk really means how you live your life. You got to do it in peace. You got to do it in joy. Watch what it says. This I say, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and spirit lusts against the flesh. These are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the thing that you would. And what the thing that you would bring forth fruit. So the, so the flesh works against you, so you cannot be fruitful. So the spirit, the spirit, the flesh works against you so you cannot be fruitful. All right. Galatians chapter 5. And verse number 18. But, the, but if you be led of the spirit, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. All right, now let's, let's, let's go from there because I got I to gotta get somewhere. I got some things I got to show you. While you're there, let me show you the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. I do that too while I'm there. Uh, in verse number 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, in verse 22, Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Now this is what God wants in your life. This is what God wants in your life. God wants in your life love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So in verse 24 says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. And then he's going to tell you in verse 25, If we live, 
Amen. If we live out of the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, if you really in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So what is he telling you? If, he, if you're in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. One, two, three. If we're in the Spirit, then let us walk in the Spirit. One, two, three. If we're in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. All right? Now, let's move on. Now, let's move on. We are talking about understanding we're talking about understanding God's vision. All right, let's move on. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't you say that with me. Be filled with the Spirit. Come on. Be filled with the Spirit. One, two, three. All right, let's move on. Now. Let's go to, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 15. Let's be on this side. It's okay. Either way. One, two, three. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. So you get this thing, this thing has to happen. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Now the God of hope. Watch what the God of hope does. Now the God of hope fill you. With all joy. Wait, wait a minute. The God of hope filled me with all joy? How is he going to do it? So when God tells you you got to be filled with the Spirit, how is it going to happen? Now the God of hope filled me with all joy. How is God going to fill me with all joy? See, it's on the screen. This is a, this is a power. See, people want to be filled with the Spirit the Word of God says this is God's will for your life to be filled with the Spirit, and yet people don't want the Word. How is it going to happen? People not getting the Word because they don't want to leave the church where they are, and they know they're not getting the Word. I'm not talking about a sermon. I'm talking about you being taught the Word. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with joy, it didn't just say just joy, did it? Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace. How are you gonna do it? In believing. In believing the word. So if you don't, if the word is not ministered to you, I'm gonna show you this again. It's going, only gonna happen because of the word. You're not gonna have the joy in your life or the peace in your life until you get under the word of God that you need to be under. You need to be under the word of God where somebody can teach you the word of the Lord. One more time. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound. Watch this. That you may abound. We're going to look at that word abound today. God wants you to abound. He don't want you just to be a, just an ordinary Christian. He wants you to be filled with the spirit. That you may abound in hope. Watch this. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit wants the Word because the, the Word is the sword of the Spirit. Let me say it again. The Word is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit can't do anything in your life if you don't 
give the Holy Spirit some word to use on, on your behalf. What an awesome, what an awesome word. Now look at verse number 14, Romans 15, 14. Watch what he's going to say. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brothers, that you also are full of goodness. Well, if you're full of goodness, he's, he's telling you about being filled with the Spirit. He could say it this way, I myself also am persuaded of you, my brother, that you're full of the Spirit. Because that's what goodness is, isn't it? Goodness is the Spirit. Then he said, you are filled with all knowledge. Now listen, to be filled with, with all knowledge is to be filled with the Spirit. So that's why we teach you one hour of word here. I'm not going to come in here and, and give you 30 minutes, uh, 15 minutes, let's go that way. 15 minutes, worth, I'm going to give you a scripture. Then I'm going to talk for another 10 minutes, and then we're going to take him to the cross. We're going to take him down. We're going to raise him up. Going to take about 15 minutes. Man, you ain't getting no word. That's your problem. You're not getting no word. If you don't see no fruit in your life and you're sitting out on a ministry that, that don't teach the word, that's your answer. You're not getting the word. See, we, have, we think we can go to church, walk down the aisleway, do a few, you know, vows and whatever, eat a little bread, eat a little wine, and sing a little hymn, and we walk out. We, we've been to church today. Made a, made a confession here and there. Listen. Your problem is you're not getting the word. Romans 15 and 14 say, I myself also am persuaded of you, my brothers, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. Now you ask yourself, are you able to minister to somebody else? Like I told you before, when we went through 2 Corinthians last week, God told us we're supposed to comfort others with the comfort that we have been comforted with. So how, are you able to minister to somebody else when they have a, lost a loved one? Remember I told you, you got to get over your loss first. You got to get over your hurt. How are you going to counsel somebody about their husband and you divorce? See, if you're going to counsel somebody you got to be able to get over the divorce you went through. You can't be still struggling and crying every now and then. You lost something, you, whatever it was. Don't have to be a divorce. Whatever you lost, you got to get over that if you're going to minister to somebody else. So that's what Paul says, that I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. And then he says, nevertheless, brother, I have written more boldly to you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. God gave Paul the grace so he could minister to others. If you're going to minister to somebody else, God got to give you the grace. And that's what I'm talking about. This being filled with the Spirit is really being full of grace. Understanding God's vision, what, 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 an awesome, what an awesome thing. All right, now let's, let's begin to look at this. 
Now, when I went through some things earlier, let me, let me just kind of equip you. Well, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, because I didn't really bring you up to date, and I like to do that. These 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. So we like to always take time to make sure you're following us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So when God talks about being filled with the Spirit, if you are filled with the Spirit, you should not be worried about sanctification. Watch what he says, 1 Thessalonians 4. See, if you feel the Spirit, then you ought to be doing this. Or you ought not to be doing this, what I'm talking about here. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. When you feel the Spirit, you have to walk away from fornication. He told you absolutely run. The word is flee. That means run. That's what I love about Joseph. When that woman pulled off Joseph's top, Joseph got him out. And see, that's, we, we think that's laughable, but that's not laughable. That's the only way you're going get to away, get away from fornication. You're going to absolutely have to run. If somebody got your clothes, you got to get out of there. All right. He said, look, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Watch what he says. That every one of you should know how to control his own vessel. That word King James used, possess. Is talk about the control. You have to know how to control your own vessel in sanctification and honor. Can you control your own vessel? So you got to understand, you, you can't let nobody else control your vessel. You got to control your own vessel in sanctification and in honor. And he told you to flee fornication. It's not a game. You do whatever it takes to get out. All right, let's move on. Now, that's just one of the things. We talk about renew your mind. Now, let, let me go back to Ephesians chapter 5, because I want to, uh, uh, this, this abstain from fornication, I, I want to show you a couple of things here. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 5. We're just going to walk through these. Ephesians chapter 5. Because when God says abstain from fornication, it's not a game. Abstain from sanctification, from fornication, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go to that. Ephesians 5. Now, we're going to just look at the first five verses. He said, but you be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Watch what he said do. Now, you feel the Spirit. This is what you have to do. Walk in love. Now, you can't walk in love. You not feel the Spirit. You've seen people that tell you they love you today and tomorrow they don't speak to you. I mean, they're laughing and talk to you today and tomorrow you say one word to them, they snap you up. That person not walking in the spirit. They're not walking in love, see? He said, look, walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it, let it be not once named among you as becoming saints, neither filthiness and foolish talking. See, you, all that old stuff shouldn't be coming out of you. Foolishness and foolish talking. God said that stuff should not be coming out of you. Which are not convenient, but rather giving them thanks. 
For this, for this you know, that no homemonger, no unclean person, a covetous, who's an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. See, this is not a game. This is not a game. The enemy wants your soul. It's not a game. Now, let, let's move on. Here's another one. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. See, all of this is good stuff. I know we don't like to hear it, but this, God wants you, the will for God, the will for your life is to be holy. Ephesians 5, 1 through 5. Romans 6 now. Romans chapter 6, we're going to look at verse 11 through 13. Romans chapter 6. Watch what he's going to tell you. Romans 6, 11 says, Likewise, reckon you all shall yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ. Now, if I'm alive to God through Jesus Christ, there ought to be some fruit. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness but unto, unto sin, but yield your members unto God as those that are alive from the dead and, members as in, and your members as instruments, watch this, of righteousness unto God. So just like now you're saved, God wants you to bring forth fruit. If you're saved, God wants you to bring forth some fruit in your life. That's what you got to understand. All right? Now, we're going to go back to John. Let's, let's go all the way back to John. Let me show you one. This is, this is John in the Old Testament. Watch what they, Jesus said. John chapter 15. The Gospel of John chapter 15. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2. Verse 5, verse 11, and verse 16. Now, all of this is in, back there in John 15. John chapter 15. Watch what it says. John chapter 15. We're going to start off verse 1 and 2. Here we go. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Now, we know he's talking to Israel. He's talking to the church, Israel, at that time, his 12 disciples. He said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth no fruit, every tree, every branch that's in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. What does he want? You hear the word fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Three words, fruit, fruit, fruit. You won't know what God wants. That's why I'm talking about being filled with the Spirit. God wants the fruit of the Spirit to come forth in your life. All right, let me show you. Let me show you. First, we still here in the Gospel of John. Let's go to verse 5 and 11. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me. Now, you saying you live in Christ and Christ lived in you, right? Okay, okay. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Without the word, you can't do it. That's just like my wife and I. I want a child, but without me, she can't have the child. Just like without her, I can't have the child. But we together can have the child. That's how it is with the Word. You can't have, you can't have the fruit in your life without the Word. You're going to have to get the Word. So verse 5 said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringing forth much fruit, for without me, you can't do nothing. 
Look at verse 11. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So what do God want? He wants our joy full. He wants you to have, he wants you to be full of joy. See, if you don't, if you don't get filled with the spirit and make sure you're full of joy, you're going to end up murmuring and complaining on your job. As a matter of fact, your job will stress you out if you don't do what I'm telling you. I'm showing you that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You've got to know how to c combat the enemy in your everyday life. Now, if you're going through something on your job, here's your answer. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. So when this stuff, opposition begin to come against you, it ain't nothing but flesh. When that flesh started coming against you, guess what you can do? You can rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Through all this situation that's coming against your life, it's hidden to your shield of faith. See, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to you're going to have to pick it up. If, if somebody coming against you always in your job, then come on, pick it up. Be filled with the Spirit. Arm yourself with the fruit of the Spirit. So when somebody comes against you, you got some joy. You got your peace. You got your patience. You got your love for them. See, that's what you got to have. If not, it's just going to drain you because you can't handle the pressure. You know, I used to, uh, we went down in the uh, south and one of the t-shirts that we bought, my wife and I, we don't ever wear them, but I don't know if she remember, we bought these t-shirts. If you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. And they showed a dog sitting on the porch and it has, if you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. See, what happens is we want the finances, but we don't want the problems. And don't realize you that you are paid to solve problems. I don't think people understand how it works, how it works. How does it work? Much problem, much pay. Little problem, little pay. See, we, we, want, the, we, want, the, we want the big check, but we want a little problem to go with it. No, if you're going to get a job and it's going to be a big time paying job, then you're going to have some big-time problems. And a lot of times they're going to be with people, and you're going to need this message right here, be filled with the Spirit, because this is how you're going to be able to handle the people on your job. Now, it's a, it's, it's a different thing than working for somebody and somebody working for you. Because, see, you can work for somebody, and you might not ever give them no problem. But when you got folks under you, and they working for you, they can give you all kinds of problems. And you better make sure you arm yourself with the truth. You better make sure that you feel the spirit, that you know how to love them. You know how to become patient to them. You know how to pray for them. You know how to have your joy full, your peace full. You're going to need everything full. It ain't no game. You go stuffing in the morning time on that brand new job and you're going to become the supervisor and you got folks under you, folks over you, you got to arm yourself. You don't know what's going to come against your, against your life. You got to be prepared. And that's why Paul's telling the church, be filled with the Spirit. Oh, I got I to gotta hurry. 
I got it here. Be filled with the Spirit. What, what's, a, what's an awesome job? Now, John chapter 15 and verse 16 is, is the last one that, that he has in this chapter. He says, John 15 and 16, he says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Now, God, when God says it like that, it's just like, look, you get out, get out of here. You're coming in here crying and mumming all the time, complaining. and, and Look, go bring forth some fruit. That's how I hear that. And that your fruit shall remain. And that whatsoever you shall ask in the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That was under the old covenant. But that's what I'm saying. He wants them to bring forth fruit. Listen, why you think God put you in a situation? Why you think God gave you that job? Well, I know the Lord gave it to me, Pastor Crump. Yep. The Lord gave it to you. Yeah, he gave me this job. So where are you going? God know how to get his fruit out of you. He know how to work his righteousness in your life. He know how to get you to pray. He know how to get you to fall on your knees and call on his name and pray and praise. He'll get you to cut that TV off. You ain't got time. You got to pray. God allow you to go through some things because you, you'll call on his name in the midnight hour. So don't always look at things as bad. All right, let's move on. Now, I want to show you another one because I got so many, I got so much stuff for you today. I got, your, I got your word today, if I can say it that way. I got your word. Now, let's move on because I want to show you. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. I think we got time for that one. Colossians chapter 1. And verse 9. All this stuff is so good. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 9. When you get this, say amen. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start reading with verse number 9. Now, remember we went through this, Colossians chapter 1. But look at verse 9. He said, for this cause, we also since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you. And desire that you might be filled, there it is again, with the knowledge of his will. Now, if you are filled with the knowledge of his will, you are filled with the spirit. That's what God's knowledge is. That's why you need to be under a teaching ministry for somebody to teach you the word. You got to be filled with the knowledge of his will. And in all wisdom, isn't that something? In all wisdom, in all spiritual understanding. That's what God wants you. What? That you might walk. See, God knows if you're not filled with the Spirit, you have a problem with your walk, with your living, with your life. Why is people not living right, Pastor? They not feel the Spirit. Well, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but why are you not living right? Why you can't walk in love? Why you can't, why you fall apart when situation comes up in your life? You not feel the spirit. See? And there are nine spiritual fruit and there are nine spiritual gifts. And what we want to do is we want to work the spiritual gift, but we don't want to have the fruit. You can't work the gift without the fruit. They work together. In the Old Testament, they used to have around the priest's garment, 
they used to have two things. Anybody know what they were? They had a pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. Now, what was that? Why would they have that? Because the bell would hit the pomegranate and you would not hear the sound. So God don't want you running your mouth just because you got the gift of the Spirit. He gives you the fruit to silence the gift so you won't get into pride. So he gave you the fruit. So if you had the gift and didn't have the fruit, you would, you would be in pride. Because you'd be talking about, look what I'm doing. God don't want you to boast in no flesh. He's a glorious, let him glory in the Lord. Everything that happened in your life, you got to give God the praise. You got to give God the credit. All right, let's, let's move on. Colossians chapter 1. Oh, this is so good. Watch what it says. Now, verse 9 says, we just, we just finished. I know I'm going to, this next time I teach this, I'm going to have to back up because in verse 8 it says, who also declare to you, to us, your love in the spirit. See, you can't love in the spirit if you don't, you're not filled with the spirit. That's how you're supposed to react. You're supposed to love in the spirit. Come on, tell somebody, I love you in the spirit. That means I love you in Christ Jesus. Well, you can't, you, if you love me in the spirit, then you ought to love me all time if you got the spirit. Because the Bible said love, love is at all time. But look what it says. For this cause, Paul says in verse 9, we're in Colossians 1, 9 again. Since the day you heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why do God want you to feel the Spirit? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. God wants you to live a life that pleases him. Here it is, being fruitful. To be filled with the Spirit is to be fruitful in every good work. Watch this. And increasing in the knowledge of God. God wants you increasing in the knowledge of God. See, you, you, you got to be taught the word. You need somebody to know the word. See, this is one of the greatest things that happened to me when I started out my journey 40 years ago uh, in ministry, 40 years ago. Well, before that, my wife and I tell you, I, we were so hungry for the word, we just want to find somebody can teach us the word. We didn't have a problem going to church. We didn't have a problem going to Bible class. We didn't we had a problem finding somebody who knew the word. We talking about 40 years ago, 45 years ago. Couldn't find nobody to know the word. Most of the people that we see today is the same they were 45 years ago. The same people still in religion and tradition of men 45 years ago. Not teaching the word. Still don't know the word. See, that's, that's why I believe that God brought my wife and I to this ministry. To teach the gospel of Christ. To teach the, the gospel of grace. To teach Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Because we, have, we were so hungry. And God's word said, he that hung and thirst out the righteousness shall be filled. And we were hungry. 
We wanted a word. We didn't mind about going if somebody knew the word. We just wasn't going to settle for somebody telling us anything. And that's how we got the seed. Because we believed what man was saying, and man did not know what they were saying. And that's the thing about it. You got to make sure you find somebody who knows the word. I believe that's why God put this ministry right now on Facebook, on podcasts, and YouTube, and all these other places, so people can get the word. And a lot of times, don't you have to leave the house? Some of you watching this broadcast right now on television. Some of you on your telephone. Some of you at work. But you're able to see the word. See, we got to thank God for this, man. This is not, we know that we had a pandemic already over 200,000 people dead. And that's not a good thing. But out of this, we can see that God has allowed this ministry to grow and able to go into places that we will never have been able to go. So we look at the good that come out of this. And once this doors of this church open and people begin to come back here, we're not going to stop live broadcasting at Doors Faith Christian Church. This is a way of life now for us. We just got to get people to understand that you're not in a ministry no more where you got to come into church and just, hey, 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 all through the pastor's message. You got to understand it's time to be taught the word and religion got to go. It's time for you to receive the word of God. God, God would is awesome. God would is mighty. So, so watch what it says. That you might walk, Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. That you might walk, the word walk is to live. That you may live worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful unto every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. My time has already expired for the first hour. I'm so glad that you had a chance to tune us in this morning, wherever you are. A lot of you don't go to this ministry, but you watch us. Thank you so very much. A lot of you don't go to this ministry, but you support us. Thank you so very much. We cannot do this without you. I want to read first this word out of the NLT this morning. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm sorry. I'm going to stay with the King James, but I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because 1 Corinthians 15 set me free. Because in the Old Testament, they were saved in the name of Jesus. That's why you hear people talk about we got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. See, they think they're saved in the name of Jesus. Church, listen. You're not saved in the name of Jesus. See, if you read John chapter 1, uh, let, me, let me show you. Look, look, look here. If you read John chapter 1, you go back and you read what they were in the Old Covenant. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is still the Old Covenant. John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, uh, verse number 10 says, And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, in verse 11, he came to his own, and his own received him not. Talking about Israel. But as many as received him, we're still talking about the children of Israel, because only two tribes received him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Watch this. Even to them that believe on his name. So the children of Israel, the way they were saved, they had to believe on the name of the Lord. All right. Now, if you, if you look at John's writing at the last chapter, in chapter number 20, 
Let's go, to, let's go look at John chapter 20. Watch what John says. John chapter 20, and we're going to look at uh, two verses. That's verse 30 and 31. And as John chapter 20 and verse 30, watch what it says. And many of the signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe, watch this, that Jesus is the Christ. They had to believe in his name to be saved. They had to believe that Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life, watch this, through his name. That's not your salvation. You have life through the cross. You have life through the cross. The Jews had life through his name. And now let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Now this is your salvation. Your salvation is the cross. So watch what Paul says. Paul preached the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace. 1 Corinthians 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. Paul said, I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins. Well, what happened to the name of Jesus? That was for the people in the old covenant. They were before the cross. You are after the cross. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and that he was buried and God raised him from the dead, according to the scripture. That's how you're saved today. You must believe in Christ's death, burial, resurrection. Your faith must be in the cross of Christ Jesus, our Lord. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.